Gloves on. It's the Gardening Gang for Saturday morning. G'day. Thanks for joining us. Gardening Gang being sponsored by our very good friends, Alan Graham's Caravans, RVs and Caravan Service and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. And shade-loving plants. Well, here's the shade-loving plantette herself. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Yes, I do like things a little shady sometimes. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, we've got lots of areas in our gardens, most of us do, that are shady. And it can be quite a challenge to find something that will love the shade and grow there. So that's what we're focusing on today, Pete. You know, I had an experience at our place uh, during the week. I had uh, spent some time around the peel to get it ready for the spring uh-huh. and went to the uh, area where we, you know, have the uh, little area where the whole uh, motorised system is for oh, the yes. filter. And I hadn't even looked inside there for months and months. And there's a fern. Oh. Quite prolifically growing in there. Okay. And it doesn't mind the noise of the motor. It doesn't <laughs> mind the fact that there's no... Uh, direct sun in there, uh-huh. and I went. This is amazing, and no doubt this would have been a shade-loving plant because it was getting by quite well. Yes, I tore it out though and put it in a very shady part of the garden because otherwise, oh, you rescued it. You re- I, well, otherwise well it would have been a bit of a nuisance had it got okay. bigger. No, no, you couldn't leave it and there. And got it around I, the I like... pool filter or something yes, like that. Yes, very good. But, uh, nevertheless, that's the topic today: uh-huh. shade-loving plants. Yes. And, and people, we get asked a lot for suggestions of plants. So we'll be looking at, we'll even be looking at a few vegetables. There's not very many. Uh, we'll be looking at plants that are decorative, ones that can grow in damp conditions as well. And also looking at some that flower and ferns as well. Of course, lots of ferns do. And they're plants that have adapted their photosynthesis needs. So that's how you get your Don't energy get from the sun. <laughs> Come on, you're up to it, Pete. Come on. I and think they... about these. I used to live in a house. We've always tended to live in homes with a northerly aspect. And uh-huh. when we were working elsewhere in this big brown land of ours, we had a house. Unfortunately, we rented a house that had a south-facing uh, aspect. Right. Um, and we certainly had uh, problems with uh, our plants. Yes. Because there weren't enough around at the time of my knowledge that uh, live in a sort of a southerly aspect. So yeah, no, no, we'll be talking about thing. those. We'll be talking about lots of those today. Uh, the, the, as I said, there'll be ferns as well. And we'll be looking at natives that like the shade. So if you've got some pockets of shade in your garden, we'll be looking at that. What else are we looking at today, Pete? Also today, we're going to find out about the upcoming edible food trail coming to the coast a little later on this year. Talk to a couple of ladies who are involved in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, MC Microbe talks about... Uh, an emerging thought that mushrooms may be a great product to fight COVID, Whoa. long COVID. We'll find out about that today in the Gardening Gang on this fine day. Got to feel good about this Saturday. One fine day there, the chiffons, classic gold right here with the gang this morning, Gardening Gang, quarter past eight with Pete and Sherilyn. And on this magnificent day, we're talking about plants that deserve a lot of shade and the thought struck me, you know, when I was talking about that piece of uh, fern that was growing in the uh, pool motor house, are there any areas where uh, no plants can grow apart from the, you know, deep inside a cave that you know about? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what happens then. We end up with things like uh, all of our mosses and things, and they're not really 
Not described plants. as plants. That's no, the thing as gross. well. So they're ecosystems that they just don't uh, don't have anything. They'll have you know in some places that have very high or low pH. Uh, levels deep clay, caves with no no sunlight whatsoever, and really tip, uh, extreme arid environments. So in those sorts of things, you'll only find like bacteria and and, and things like that. Probably a little bit of mold. <laughs> That's mold. it. But yeah. a little bit of sunlight, you definitely can. And these plants have adapted themselves to grow with just less sun. That's that's all it is. What you will find, though, I'll say. Plants that fruit, so they're having fruit. They, they need a lot of energy to, to make, say, an, say an apple tree or a tomato. Even uh, that's probably a better one. A tomato needs a lot of energy, and they're getting a lot of that energy from the sun to make that tomato. That's what they're doing. So they're not having, you know, they they need lots and lots of sun. You were talking about your fern. Well, it's not making any big fruit at all. Ferns don't, so they don't need right. all that energy, and that's it. What use are they? Well, they're all part of the circle of life, and. Fern Ferns and and different plants that we'll talk about that have adapted to use less or to live in less sunlight. They usually live in the understory of forests, and that's rainforests or underneath trees where as well, dark. where it's dark. That's right, and they can live on filtered light. In fact, they'll prefer it. That's the way they've adapted over thousands or millions of years. And if you do stick, if you had taken that fern out of your uh, whatever it, what was it? Yeah, your pool box, and just stuck it out in the middle of the garden. It, it would probably die because it just would be like, ah, oh, I don't want all that oh, summer. I don't sure need it. Would it. Die. They've got short. <laughs> <laughs> they've got. Uh, they usually have shorter roots as well, so that they, that's where they live. They live in these sort of understory places, and they they live on the tops of the soil and the the leaves and things that are falling down as well. So that's how they and live. Do they require more moisture or less moisture when I, there's less sun? Okay, that's a very interesting question, both. There's plants that can live definitely with less sun and prefer drier conditions, but lots of them do like a, a moist environment. That's what they like as well. So it just depends. Well, in my pool box, it's a bit moist sometimes. It's a bit moist. Yes, you get a bit of water splashing around there. <laughs> bit of a leak here and there. Yeah, a little bit. Well, it would have loved it there. That's exactly where it would have loved it. But interestingly enough, there is also all levels of shade. So when we're talking about shade in the garden, we're usually talking about an area that gets less than four hours of direct sunlight a day. And some, and that will include those that don't get any direct sunlight but get filtered light as well. So that's how we, we go down. So when you're selecting these plants, that's what you've got to keep in mind. And the problem is a lot of people all sort of go, yeah, yeah, my, that area is shady because they work all the time. It's a new place that they've moved into. And this is very important. The shade, of course, in a garden or any area will change over the year. So as the sun moves on its trajectory, sorry, trajectory through the sky. Say it again. Come on, practice. <laughs> Come on. No, I had a little bit of dental work this week, so I've got a little bit of a swollen lip. Sorry. <laughs> so, so when it 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 um it moves through the sky, it'll be higher or lower, and the shade in your garden will change over the year. There's a really good. Um, I think it's an app or a website and it's called uh, Check My Shade or Follow My Shade, things like that. Map My Shade's another one as well. And you can put in your address and it'll show you through the year where the shade is in your part of the world. It's a little bit scary, isn't it? I don't know why everybody wants to check their shade for gardening, for gardening. But you can have a look at that because what might be a shady area, say in winter, might be 
a lot, full sun even in summer depends where you are as well. So you need to be careful when selecting plants that way as well. It gets a little complicated, doesn't it? But uh, definitely down the sides of houses, as you said, that's an area that will love these shade-loving plants too. And your local nurseries can help you, but... There's lots of species other than ferns. We might talk about those later, Pete. But first, uh, check your pool box if you got <laughs> You might have a spare <laughs> After the one. Winter, you may find yes. something growing in there you didn't expect. What yeah, do you think? You could. Yeah, you could. You could. In just a tick, we'll talk to uh, a lady that's all about uh, the upcoming, uh, well, it's a brand new idea for the Central mm. Coast. It is the Edible Food Trail coming up this year. <laughs> Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy, it is the Gardening Gang. And today, Sherilyn, you've got a very special guest talking about a new project for the Central Coast. I'm fascinated with what Sandy's doing here. She's been getting together an edible garden food trail with her friend Anna Trigg. I'm so excited about it because they have them in Sydney, they have them all over the place, and now we're getting one for the Central Coast. Sandy, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, it's all new to me, Sherilyn, this edible garden trail. So, Sandy, perhaps you could explain to us what this is all about because for the non-gardener, I'm certainly an eater, I like edible food, (laughs) we may be very interested in this one. Wonderful. We won't be alone. The Central Coast Edible Garden Trail, it's uh, a self-guided weekend event. Yeah, you're right, they run in Sydney and the Blue Mountains primarily, so some of your listeners may have been along to one of theirs and we figured, well, you know, the Central Coast is a big place, there's a lot of gardeners and people who would like to garden and this will give them the opportunity to visit a range of private and community gardens over the weekend. So no weed and food? No weed and feed. No. <laughs> no. You know, it's, you know it's, it's amazing the abundance that you can get when you follow, you know, some lovely organic practices. So we've got, you know, a range of private gardens for people to visit. They'll pay uh, like a, a small fee, to, yeah, a small mm-hmm. fee mm-hmm. for access to those gardens over that weekend. All of our garden hosts will share their knowledge with people. You yeah, can look around the various gardens, learn some, some systems, uh, how to grow various things. So the process would be on a certain weekend that people jump in their car and follow a trail. Is that how it's worked? I know that's how it works in the Blue Mountains. Yes, yes. So what we will do is we will send uh, a list of the addresses and opening hours of the various gardens to the ticket holders Mm -hmm. after you've signed up. Mm -hmm. And we'll keep people informed. They'll be able to go onto our Facebook site and view profiles of the various gardens in the weeks leading up to and they can work out once they've got the uh, addresses where they would like to visit you know which Mm -hmm. gardens they would like to visit for those who haven't done it before what are the easiest plants to grow in one of these uh, sustainable edible gardens you know you can grow sprouts and microgreens are really simple to grow just even on your your bench top you know leafy greens lettuces radishes are probably one of the easiest ones for Mm -hmm. kids you know um potatoes are they easy I don't think potatoes are difficult. The Irish did it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Sandy, for those who've never been to one of these things, so I've got my map, I've got my different addresses and that, I turn up at somebody's house. Just Can you just let me know what happens so the person greets us or shows us something? Sure. There will be someone to greet you. There will be some sustainable signage identifying the place. So when right, you okay. walk up and we will give you information about, you know, any parking issues or anything okay. they may come mm-hmm. across. Quite often people will give you, you know, a little map 
of their garden and what right. the features of the garden. There will be someone on hand to answer any questions. I was going to say that, yeah, can I ask Most questions definitely. about things? Oh, yep. absolutely. Now, this is the first one and a lot of these have themes. Have you got a theme for this one? We do. Their focus for this year really is food security. Mm-hmm. Everything is going up at the moment. And we're really quite blessed here on the Central Coast in that we've got a really great local food sort of bowl. You know, there are a lot of ways you can access local food. So, you know, get started growing your own and, you know, we'll also show you how you can purchase lovely organic produce locally as well. Interesting stuff. You can't buy food at these places. You actually just go to look, is that right? Yeah. It's not a market. No. A, tra- a market trail. No, no. Okay, so no, it's, it's entirely like different to the other one that they held. It's not, yeah, it's not the Harvest Trail. No, it's not the Harvest it's not. Trail. This is, this is really for just people. Just picking out the vibe here. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I meant to say, uh, Sandy's very passionate about this. and Both it Anna comes... and I are incredibly passionate well, about this. Uh, we'll talk to Anna on another day because mm. uh, there's a second part of the story here. <laughs> <laughs> which is really interesting, and we'll just reserve that for another time. All right, time. yes. In the meantime, just to uh, give people a bit of a heads-up about the future, the date is going to be which? Our pilot is on the weekend of the 19th and 20th of November this year. I love it. Are I can't wait. Are you going to be doing wait. this uh, trail? You're Definitely going to do this trail. I, look, I love it. We could them. do a radio show from one of these gardens. Why don't we, we do that, Pete? Mm. Would you have us? Absolutely. All right. Oh, there's food for thought. <laughs> Thanks for coming in today, Sandy. <laughs> Thank yes, you for having Sandy me. from the Edible Garden Trail. First time this year on the coast. Big hits at Coast FM. There's Janie Morris taking that break in the weather. And just on the weather today, 15 degrees currently. It's a sunny one, will be today. And most of tomorrow throughout the Central Coast. Fabulous for the gardeners of the Central Coast. Mm. All tuned in this morning to the Gardening Gang. Now, we had a little comment in that previous discussion with um, our friends from the Edible Trail. Mm -hmm. And uh, she mentioned all these wonderful plants to grow at home. And we're talking about shades today, plants that like to shade. Are there any sort of uh, shade-loving plants that you can eat? Like, for example, (laughs) veggies? Well, look, overall, like I said before, most vegetables will prefer the sun because they're large fruiting. But here we go leafy green vegetables, a lot of them can be shade tolerant and some of the root vegetables as well. Lettuce grows particularly well. Now, it's not going to grow the best in like a full-on dark area, but it is tolerant. It'll grow okay. And what I've found with lettuce as well is in summer it can bolt and bolting means that, that it will shoot up its seed head and it's all bitter and horrible. You don't want to eat it. But if you grow lettuce in summer in a, a shady area, it won't do that because it'll be like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to hang around a bit longer. I don't need to do that. Spinach will grow there. Swiss chard, that's what we call uh, silverberry will grow there. Endive will grow is shade tolerant and so is broccoli, kale, radicchio. Cabbage is okay. Uh, the turnips, okay, not so much for the roots but the greens and of course mustard greens which we can use as a green manure crop or we can eat as well. They'll all do pretty well in the shade. So there's no need to waste any shady little spots you've got in your veggie garden. Okay, maximise all that space, save 6 or $7 on a lettuce, do it yourself, yes. that's the idea. Absolutely. Isn't it? That's the idea, friends and neighbours.
Let's take a break and thank our sponsors today, including Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, open all this weekend at Wyoming, and Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Who can help you convert all... And alarm your Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy here on a marvellous Saturday morning. Mm. And we're now crossing over to MC Microbe. Yay! And it's called Green Living on the Central Coast, mm-hmm. and uh, he is an ambassador for that. Good morning to you, morning, MC. MC. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Sherilyn. Happy birthday, Sherilyn. Uh, thank you. Oh, hey. my goodness. Wasn't hey, that fantastic? MC, you and I harmonised well. You oh, did. We, we... Wasn't it effortless, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Golden moments, no, mate. Thank you so much, MC. That's like... That's, so oh, she had I a lovely like birthday yesterday, apparently yes. on Friday, and she got, uh, you know, entertained by many guests at the <laughs> Swappies. The oh, swap- God, that was a nice <laughs> thought. Oh, uh, nice. A couple of beautiful Thank singers you. there. Tribute to your Look big day. a flash mob and, and led by MC who has the most beautiful tones. I love his. He's a great singer. Yes, you'll catch him around the central coast of various bars and clubs. You will. Or on the uh, sidewalk with a, you know, oh, a tin. Rattle the tin. Not. He's not. He's one of our... Anyway, let's get back to Green Living. Green Living, we've had birthdays now. Green Living with MC. Now, I'm reading this one and I thought, who better to ask, Pete, than our mushroom guru? Mate, yes. Mushroom mate, I like that. Now, they're saying a recent study has said that mushrooms could be the answer... For people who are suffering from long COVID. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Does Donald Trump know about this? <laughs> What's Donald Trump got to do with it? He had some crazy ideas. <laughs> well, there's so many people that have suffered from long COVID and suffering from and unfortunately probably will as well. And mushrooms seem to be the answer. MC. What is, have you heard? What have you heard? And is this true? Or are we going to be kept in the dark? Look, uh, the the medicinal qualities of mushrooms is much like the the ocean. It's only really we've only really discovered. Uh, yeah, that's it. exactly. Thanks, Pete. Undiscovered, and what we do know is only scratching the surface, isn't it? And a few later studies are saying exactly that, aren't they? That for long COVID symptoms, mushrooms can be a treatment. Who knows if it's uh, plausible or not? I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Would that be uh, to consume them or to rub them in? <laughs> what do you reckon? Hang on a minute. We're going to rub the mushrooms. Anyway, kind of like a kind of like a a Buddha's belly situation. We just give it a, a rub. Right, we, the I think we've cracked her up, mate. It's her birthday, and we've got the presents here. <laughs> uh, look, I think we we'll have to take a break here. No, uh, no, we won't. We'll have to keep it. myself together. <laughs> Imagine him rubbing a mushroom on your throat or something. Stop, stop. What I read, it said that mushrooms are known for their medicinal properties and and their anti-inflammatory properties. So I'm guessing we're going to be eating these mushrooms. (laughs) That's what we're doing. We're eating them. Well, MC, on that then, so would growing your own mushrooms or sourcing them from somewhere that grows them locally as well, would those compounds be higher? Would they be better if you did that than if you just went to, say, the supermarket and bought them? He's not a doctor. He knows he grows (laughs) mushrooms. I love these questions so much. (laughs) I am so unqualified. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. 
Well, you've got to protect the interests of Coast FM, mate. No, we can't be giving out false information on this no, radio show. No, we can't. Show. I'm just saying, would it, would the, would the, would, yeah, I'm just thinking, well, maybe he doesn't know. Okay, well, that's fine. We, Next we, question. No, well, no, well, the question really should be, what are the known properties of these mushrooms in regard to health, uh, health-giving properties, my friend? Well, it's it's different for, uh, for every type of mushroom, isn't it? I don't think there's a, a standalone oh, okay. um, benefit nice. from every single mushroom that exists. But the the mushrooms that are being trialled are medicinal mushrooms. Obviously, they are um, turkey tail mushrooms, which have amazing qualities. They've been known for treatment of, uh, of certain cancers too. Mm-hmm. And the next one I can't even really pronounce, uh, agaricum, I'm going to oh, say. Oh, yes, yes, agaricum. I've heard of those. You're, yep. you're, you're familiar with it. I guess, <laughs> I, I, you know where I know it from? I've heard of those from Chinese medicine. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, that's where our medicine's influenced from, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it anyway. Yes, yes. Um, and, and, yeah, so these... These uh, more particular mushrooms are available already in supplement form. Can we try a a, um, medical test here, a medical trial? Because I think Sherilyn might know somebody very close to her with long COVID. No, no, not anymore. (laughs) I can't. They didn't rub your dear one. No, 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 no. They did, and they didn't rub mushrooms on their belly. (laughs) They did something (laughs) else. That has nothing to do with mushrooms. You rub them in his belly. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it! I think that this is well. Here's the thing. Do you know who the healthiest person I know is? MC, and he eats a lot of mushrooms. He's a kid. He's no a wonder kid. he's healthy. <laughs> he hasn't been to war yet. Boy, oh, boy. Stop it. MC, how are you feeling, mate? I'll just uh, Dr. Pete here and uh, Nurse Sherilyn. I'm oh very keen gosh. to know. <laughs> you never know what will happen with well, a mushroom. <laughs> your contribution to today's show is more for a laugh than any any it other is. value. So, it is. Uh, but there, look, <laughs> on a serious note, on a serious note, there is study out there at the moment on using medicinal mushrooms for long COVID sufferers. On a very serious note, don't go just eating any old mushroom as well. Make sure you have a talk to your healthcare provider. Not those white cup ones from Woolies for... uh, (laughs) That wouldn't work either. They're just nice to eat, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Well, you never know. I think any any mushroom will make you feel better. And who knows what's going to crop up next week on The Gardening Gang with MC. We never know. Okay. We never know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> our living green with our favourite MC micro, but Coast FM. Thank you, mate. Thanks, MC. Thank you, guys. Cheers, yes. gang. Thank you. This is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherlin. Up, up, up. There's Polly Brown here at Coast FM 963 with the Gardening Gang today. Up in a puff of smoke, ten minutes before nine o'clock. Time to talk to yes. She is in a puff of smoke. She's so hot. It is Vicky from the Narara Valley Nursery. Good morning, What's Hot. Good morning, guys. And you commented off air what a beautiful day it is today at the nursery. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Amazing. Get out there, guys. 15 degrees right now, heading to about 21, I think, today. That's a gardening day, yes. Uh, No, 20. We'll make it 20. All right. Okay, now, we're talking about what's hot around the nurseries of the Central Coast, so you want to give us a little bit of inside there? What's happening? Sure. So I'm starting with my local again, and that is Forrester's Beach Garden Centre. And if it's succulents you want, it's succulents they've got. And then heading over to Mother Earth Nursery, now at Point Clare, used to be Acorn, Mm -hmm. they've got Hellebore for a splash of winter colour. And Burbank at Erina, they've got a great range of lavenders, including Fairy Wings, The Queen and Silverado. 
And the King Cumber store is now officially closed, so don't go there today. Okay. <laughs> and Budgie Woy Plant Nursery, the new guys on the block that I mentioned last week, uh-huh. they have coastal rosemary in 180 mil pots for just $10, and they're looking pretty good. And they're located at 101 Wulana Avenue at Halakalani. Mm. Beautiful. Now, we've forgotten our friends at... Uh uh, the nursery up there at Charmy, have they still in existence, you know? They're still in existence. I'm sure they've got they some hot things in stock. They, <laughs> they, they don't post on social media. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, forgive them. <laughs> forgive them. So Lee Rowan's Garden World at Arimba and Shamhaven Garden Centre need to up their social media game so I can store some each week. <laughs> That's it. Get on there. Get on you the heard Facebook. it first. You have been warned. <laughs> okay, now, Vicky, what is hot at Narara Valley Nursery? That's important. Oh, uh, yes. So this week at Narara Valley Nursery, it's the native superstar, the Hardenbergia. Uh, it is in two varieties in store right now, Happy Wanderer and Whiteout. And this happy little native ground cover or climber will reward you with masses of purple or white flowers during winter and spring. And we have a gorgeous display, which I did myself, and these are in store right now, so pop in and check them out. Oh, I think it's being pulled apart. I think it's... Oh, can you look over your shoulder? It's in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Go rebuild it. <laughs> Just thinking about what's not so hot in the gardening world at the moment. Okay, so I'm getting asked a lot for cucumbers and tomato seedlings. Ah. And although you can find tomato seedlings right now, it is best to wait until September as they need daytime temperatures of between 21 and 29 degrees uh, to thrive. Mm. So unless you're a bit of a tomato and cucumber seedling expert, just steer clear of those till next month. Yeah. Or you've got a hothouse, maybe, you know? That yeah, be maybe. Thing. Better to go in the ground when it's a bit warmer. I'm with Vicky on that one. Okay, Vicky, the word you've spoken. We she have for you. Yeah, she has. Now... Carolyn, yes. fact or fib? Fact the Coast or FM fib. Gardening Gang game with Pete and yep. Vicky trying That's to outdo each other. What is yep. a fact or what is a fib? Okay, well, this is in line with what we're talking about today shade loving plants. Chinese scientists, right now, this week, uh, actually on August the 3rd, they released this that they have mapped out the structure of a protein that regulates plants' ability to synthesize. Uh, you know, the sunlight, that's what they do, the photosynthesis. And potentially they've found that they can grow things not only in caves but up in outer space with no sun at all because they've been, you know, using lights and things, but they've found out that they can do this. So researchers from the University of Science and Technology of China have revealed that they can do this and it's part of a um, a, a protein called PIN1, PIN. Oh, and come on. Yeah, no. And now they reckon that we'll be able to grow like lettuce, tomatoes and everything inside just because they've mapped out this protein and it's now, like a matter of having the protein in I, the seeds and we can grow in complete dark, we can grow all our vegetables. I think any Fact plant that requires a pin number is first. <laughs> pin number. What do you think, what's hot? Um, I, I really feel like it sounds true, but I feel like I want to say false, so I'm going to lock in false. Okay, two of us say false. Oh, you got me. It's false. Okay. <laughs> Any plant with a pin number is going to raise the concern. Gosh, I, th- I thought I sounded really convincing then. Thank you. Well done. You did. You Once sounded again. so good that that's... I was a bit confused, but, yes, glad I locked in the phone. Oh, well, once again, we have not been fooled by the master. Okay, <laughs> okay Vic, have a great week. Bye, and we'll Vicky. Catch you next week. Hopefully another sunny Saturday morning. 
There's Vicky from Narara Valley Hi. this morning. Hi. Cheers, my dear. Coast FM. <laughs> it's the Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Sherlyn Tarsi on Coast FM, home of the classic hits this morning on this beautiful Saturday morning. Let me tell you, looking out the window there, Sherlyn, perfect to get your hands it dirty. It is. It is time, Coasties. Get those gloves on. Get your gloves dirty. Get your boots on. It's going to be a great gardening weekend. And you can plant the following this weekend. Most of the culinary herbs, artichokes, asparagus, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabi, lettuce can go in, even in those shady spots, mustards, Onions, parsnips, peas, potatoes, rhubarb, the, just the crowns, and silver beet, and then also calendula, Canterbury bells, delphinium, English daisy, gypsophila, honesty, marigolds, polyanthus, primula, snapdragon, status, sweet williams. Oh, they're so pretty, those little sweet williams, and verbena as well. The rest you've got to buy at your local supermarket because <laughs> they're out of season. <laughs> okay, there's the bell. You know what that means, don't you, Pete? The Gardening School of the Air. That's right. So if you've got a question that you would like to ask me or even a comment you'd like to make, 43220072. Lines are open now. For the countdown, the summer of 81. Yes, more likely 2022. There's a phrase in there. Uh, I think it says no time for lettuce. Or tomatoes no, too. No, <laughs> I think yeah, I might have a mistake there. There's be. no time for lettuce and no, no tomatoes too. too. No, that's <laughs> I don't think they're correct lyrics. No. Let's check that. Okay, Coast FM with a bit of fun this morning with Pete and Sherlyn. The gardening gang of the air is underway. Here we go. The phones have been going through have. the roof today. People are in that gardening <laughs> mood coming they are. to early parts of uh, spring, Thank late winter. You. Question, uh, Sherlyn, we've got one coming in today from what Nobby, North Wild there. Uh-huh. Helen, fairly new to the coast, loves the gang, and she's got the question about the shade-loving plants. Are there any uh, Australian natives that fit that category? Very, very good question, Helen. Yes, they are. And the first one I'm going to tell you, share with you, you're going to go, oh, yeah, everybody. Um, Helen, the bird's nest fern is an Australian native plant and it loves living in the shade. It really does. does well. Another one, our Christmas bells, they do. They like the shade. Native ginger, midgen berries, you can eat those afterwards. The soft tree fern, not so popular around here, but it definitely will grow really well. And for dry shade, the little native violets. Now, a lot of people see these. They're the viola banksies, and they think that they're uh, a weed, and they look like a tiny little jump-up Johnny violet. So they do look like a little violet, and they usually grow a jump in... jump-up Johnny, Johnny violet. Yes. <laughs> And Good. so they will call them jump-up johnnies as well because they look like they're jumping up out of the grass and they will get into your grass areas. I, I quite like them. They'll do really well. The mountain banksia does well, cabbage tree palms, the blue flax lily. I could go on. I could go on and on. Stream lilies and grass flag and native frangipanis like a part shade. So they'll do it as well. There are so many. Have a talk to your local nursery. But definitely there's a few. A bit of food for thought or a bit of garden... Food for a garden well, shade uh, thoughts. Making an observation about yes. something with these uh, plant plants that uh, love the shade. Uh-huh. They're normally a fairly expensive plant at the local nurseries. 
Yeah, they are. I mean, bird's nest ferns are not cheap. Well, they're cheap if you buy little ones. Or lots. Well. <laughs> lots of them. Oh, you, oh I'm and, thinking oh, that look. perhaps I've got my eye on the large developed ones. It might be a bit You're pricing. probably looking at those. So they take a long pocket. time. Look, I've got a, a, a big one. It was a neighbour didn't want one in their garden. They moved in uh, across the road from us and they just didn't want that one anymore and said, do you want it? And I went, yeah, because we've got this big shady area. So you can inherit things like that. You can be patient. But things like the native uh, ginger, the Christmas bells and uh, and the little native violets, they're fast growers. They'll go in the shade and they'll they'll be okay. So it's just a matter of time. And being in the shade, those larger plants will take longer because you've got to remember it's not that they it's that they've adapted to growing with less sunlight. So the larger plants are going to take longer to grow. And if you're a nursery and you've got large plants in, it's going to take you know people have to look after it. So uh, it just takes well, more more money to grow that plant. Well, thank you. I should call the gardening school of the air more regularly, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Helen, for your call. I hope that helps. Every week at this time with yes. Pete and Sherlin right here at Coast FM. Cheryl and Darcy on this uh, cute little radio show we do every Saturday morning between 8 and 10. Mm. Uh, now, with the news coming up at 10 o'clock, it indicates to me that we have Tanya, the vet nurse, on the radio this morning. We do. Hello, Tanya. Hello. Oh, hello, Tan. I was Ooh. seeing an ad the other day where it said uh, burger kitchen staff were paying $35 an hour. And I thought, wow, really? I mean, that uh, has been a big improvement over 22 bucks an hour two years ago or 12 months ago. How is it in the uh, industry that you're working in? Is there a shortage of people in the vet care industry, Tan, from your observation? Yeah, look, there definitely is. Both vets and nurses, we are struggling to find staff. Yeah, definitely. And does that mean salaries are going up, which is always a good impetus for people to enter that business, I suppose? Unfortunately, they're not the greatest. It is a, a career choice that you make out of love more than anything else. Well, that's important. I, I was I'll talking. Mind. I was talking to one of my young nieces the other day, well, over the weekend in Lithgow, and they wanted to be a, a equine vet. That's oh. their plan. Mm-hmm. They want to, they're only kids, like they're twelve. Yeah, or so. yeah. And I said, "What a great opportunity to uh, you know grasp that when you're young, get into the game, and uh, you know she likes working with horses." So what you're saying is there's plenty of opportunity for people in Australia, whether whether they be uh, starting off their new career or whatever, uh, getting into uh, into the vet care industry. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, Tan? Yeah, Did you start as a 12-year-old when you started to show interest in pet care? Oh, look, I've always loved animals. You know, I think most of my life I've had a pet sleeping in my bed. But no, it wasn't always something I wanted to do. I've actually had an array of different careers in my life. I was once a flight attendant. Yes, yes, I've done lots of different things. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Astronaut, as, that as, was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, vet nursing is something that for most of my adult career I've had on the side. So um, MP Andy Medic in Victoria has put forward a proposal to the Victorian state government to create a Medicare-like scheme that he's dubbed 
Vetty Care, and he said it would help make animal health care more affordable whilst also tackling a national vet shortage. And his model, not fully costed right now, would see an annual fee charged to domestic animal owners and everyone would get a Vetty Care card and it would allow pensioners and concession card holders to bulk bill their vet care at new public clinics that had just opened for Vetty Care. And he also wants, at the same time, big plans here, to have specialised wild wildlife hospitals to reduce the burden on vets to treat native animals for free, while vet nurses could be upskilled into nurse practitioner roles to free up vets to focus on more complex cases and surgery. Do you think, Tanya, that this is something is workable? (laughs) Yeah, is Vetticare something that could work? This is the first I've heard of it, but it sounds fantastic. I guess, how would they gauge who's eligible and who's not? I imagine it would just be with the healthcare card. Uh, means like tested. That. Yeah, it's saying here it's going to be means tested. Would super clinics work in the vet industry? It would definitely take the burden off, but I think overall we still need to be looking at increasing wages for these veterinarians and for vet nurses. As a yeah. vet nurse, I do so much more than a human nurse, you know, and yeah. I I do some of the jobs that a human doctor would do on a human. Of course, I'm not treating humans, so, yes, it is different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are things that I do that a human nurse would never be allowed to do. Yeah, because, and, yeah I can see that in this report. They're saying that uh, one vet they spoke to, he said, look, I'm doing one and a half to two times what should be a normal vet workload? And he's actually saying here, he didn't want to go on record with his name, but he's saying, my vet, he, right, he's saying my vet nurses are actually doing my work sometimes because I physically cannot yeah. do it. I don't have the hours in the, in the the day. It's just a knock-on effect. And he said that a lot of nurses as well as vets are leaving due to burnout. So, look, maybe Vetticare is the way to go. Go, Stephen, where you get all the, the breaking news. That's it. That's it. Oh, thank Thank you so much, Tanya. Good on you, Tan. You're yeah, a, you're a <laughs> It's the Gardening Gang with Tanya and Sherlin and Pete every Saturday morning. Sure is. Thanks, Tanya. Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy and the gardening gang now turn our thoughts to real estate. We do. Uh, Lachlan McDonald's on the line mm-hmm. from Ray Wipe and Donald Partners at East Gosford. Now, Lachlan, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. I was reading the Sydney Morning Herald this week and it had a very interesting stat about local house prices on the um, comparison between this year and last year. Mm. And there were three or four of our local suburbs absolutely excelled. And they were Erina, Long Jetty, Etalong Beach and Tumby Umby. Indicates here that uh, Erina, for example, the average price now for a home in Erina is uh, $1.24 million. Wow. Now... One point two four million for for Erina is extraordinary because I mean the glamour suburbs were doing that years ago, yeah, yeah, even yeah. before the COVID. But think yeah. about Erina, which is a lot of it is oh. only small blocks and yeah, yeah, um, a bit commercially uh, so industrial. Yeah. Is there a twist uh, in the marketplace that you've seen the last twelve months that put places like Erina and Long Jetty? For Long example? Jetty wasn't wasn't glamorous before. It's getting yeah, glamorous. Well, Long was. <laughs> and it tummy. is. It is. Well, there's, there's a couple of different things going on there, guys. Those suburbs, for different reasons, Edelong and Long Jetty are in the same camp. They have gone, undergone a drastic amount of change, you know, lots of gentrification, mm-hmm. and you're seeing just total, I guess, atmosphere change over the past uh, couple of years. 
you know, so that's what's really driven the interest and the price rises there. The other suburbs you mentioned, um, you know, Erina, Tumbiumbi, so those ones are really interesting because what what you see, tend to find in the market that we've seen the past couple of years is, you're quite right, those glamour suburbs along the beaches, so let's say, you know, running from Avoca all the way up to the entrance, mm-hmm. um, they've seen incredible price rises, but... As a percentage, they were already higher, so mm. the gains aren't yeah. quite as much. Yep. Mm. So what's then happened is, as people got more and more priced out of those areas, they looked to the ones that were just a little bit inland and just slightly more affordable. So hence, Erina, Tumbiumbi ah. in those locations. And it appears as though uh, Sydney buyers have discovered Etalong because, uh, my goodness, that was a bit of a sleepy spot for years. Now it's really kicking some goals. I'd never even heard of it until I moved Etalong? here. Yeah, I'd never heard of Etalong until oh, I moved here seven place years ago. Next to your mind oh, I know where it is now. Next to, next to the, <laughs> but it's, um, it's all the talk now. It's all the talk. It is, it is very much so. And I think the Palm Beach crowd and the people from across the water finally jumped on that ferry uh, during COVID and actually had a look at what was over there. (laughs) That's right. And found uh, paradise even nicer than Palm Beach. Uh, Not like paradise, though. Oh, Saradice, that's it. But I really... never fails to get an ad in, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> but I tell you what, I am in love with Long Jetty now. They call it Little Newtown and not for nothing. Yep. It really is. It's Actually, I think it's a bit more upmarket than Newtown. It, it's lovely. The cafes there have got such a great vibe. Lots of new stores going in there as well. It seems every week I go there and there's another beautiful new store. It's But it's thriving. It's not just that they're opening up and they're empty. They're thriving. People are there yeah, all the time. Yeah. So I can... Is it appealing? Well, what sort of people are, are moving in there and buying homes, though, Lachlan? Youngies, are they youngies? Yeah, they're young. Uh, all, all young couples, yeah. And, okay. And, yeah. and, you know, like you said, it's, it is people that have come out of Sydney and things, so that's where a lot mm-hmm. of those that influence is coming from. But but even so, it's it's a lot of local coasties as well that have just seen that as a, a value area to stay close to the beach. And, you know, as a result, because you've got so many young couples and young families moving in there, that's why it's changed sort of so rapidly and you're seeing all this sort of new trendy cafes and shops and things mm. popping up. For so long, all those uh, empty shops there on the main road at Long Jetty, not so much the very centre of town there, but those on the peripherals, it looks so bad, so uninviting. It was poor lease, poor lease, both sides of the road. Mm-mm. Now it's hard-pressed to find one for rent. Oh, it is, it is. And you know oh, it's... the tide has turned there. <laughs> and it's interesting because there's a few places that I've noticed that have uh, branches in other areas of the coast and they're opening their second or third branch oh, right. in, okay. in there mm. as well. And there, there's furniture stores, but there's also a couple of the cafes as well. There's one, a bakery that I haven't... I'm not going to give them an, an advertisement, but they're in that sort of outer stretch a little bit on Long Jetty. There's I one there. I can see it now, Cheryl. It'll be New York. London, Long <laughs> Jetty. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I love it. It's a really great place, but very interesting. Thank you for your feedback on that little story there, Lachlan, from Ray White McDonald Partners this morning with the gang. Thanks, Lachlan. Always a pleasure. Happy birthday, Coast FM, from Jojo in Gosford. We're here to help you party. Classy Hits Coast FM, celebrating 30 years of great radio on the Central Coast since 1992. The Big King song there, Kiss and Cousins at Coast FM. And congratulations to these people now in our birthday box. Sharon at Point Clare, Chris at Canwell, Gloria at Long Jetty, Ken at Narara and Crystal at Tookley. Next week... 
Getting your garden ready for spring planting. We'll be getting our hands dirty all day next Saturday. Join us okay. then. Okay. I'll look forward to you then, baby. Yeah. News next, you, and then Mish.